Welcome to the Better Questions Podcast. We wrestle with hard questions and we seek to ask better ones. I have a mini pod. I'm going to start calling. I need a name for them. You know, not not the long form interviews with guests, but just the quick three to five minute quick hitters. We'll call them mini pods for now until I come up with a better name. Um, but this was a great question that was submitted uh, anonymously by, well, anonymous. They asked the question, is it possible that Muslims and Christians worship the same God just expressed to different people groups and different contexts. This is an interesting question. So essentially, I think what the question is asking is, is Allah essentially another way of interpreting Yahweh or another way of like, they're essentially they're the same God, but just interpreted differently, I think. I mean, my answer would be no. Um, and I think... You have to go back to the origins of how do we know the revelation of God? Well, we know because of the Holy Scriptures that we have. And if you go back to the origins of um, our Scripture compared to the origins of the Quran, it's, it's a very different genesis of how these things came to be. Not to mention the content, which we'll get to that in a second. But um, one was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad um, and it was in like a trance-like state. All the words of, of their scriptures was given to him. Um, whereas the Bible was constructed by humans, many humans at different periods of time. And the belief is not that God wrote and penned every word, but that God breathed and inspired every word but yet it is written with the personalities and hum- hum- humanity of mankind. So every book that was written was penned by a person inspired by God. These are two very different ways of, um, of a genesis of a holy text. And we can go through and look at the differences, whether it's the Quran's teaching on marriage, um, whereas from last week's episode, we talked about how the scriptures, the holy scriptures don't... Um, ever condone polygamy. Um, In fact, they have a very uh, specific ethic rooted in creation. Um, The Quran teaches something very different. Uh, Muhammad allowed four wives for his followers um, and said that God had made an exception for him specifically to have more. He had as many as 15 wives. You should always be skeptical of a religion or a cult um, when the founder of said cult or religion has exceptions for their own polygamy or, or um, I think you can go back to Joseph Smith and make that case. Um, but that's not what this episode's about. Um, side note, um, Muhammad recognized that prophets before him were confirmed by miracles of nature, uh, but he himself refused to perform any any miracles. So, so it's one of those things, you know, we have in Christ Jesus, these, these examples and eyewitnesses of multiple miracles that were performed or from the old Testament text, we see the parting of the red sea. We see a God who is doing miracles. And so again, you have, you have sort of these, these problems um, within, and I'm not an expert in the Quran, so I don't want to 
overstate my position on this, but I will say this. Um, the biggest, I remember I read a book by Miroslav Volf uh, called Allah, and he tried to make a case that, and, and again, I, I have a soft spot for Volf. I don't agree with him on many things. He's a, a great thinker and writer, um, but and he's making this place out of a place of compassion and wanting to have better interfaith dialogue between Muslims and Christians. And I love his compassion. Um, but in his book, I think what he fails to do because um, his thesis is essentially that Christians and Muslims do worship the same God, um, and that should be a bridge for better dialogue. And again, he never can quite address the problem of the incarnation at the core of what the Christian believes is that God became man, fully human, fully divine, 100% man and 100% God. This is the mystery of the incarnation. And so to make the claim that the God of Abraham is the same as Allah denies that Jesus is God incarnate. This is a, just an untenable position um, to, to say that. And so what Wolf tries to do, and I again, I read this a while ago, but he tries to compare God's self-love in Islam as similar to the Trinitarian relationships in Christianity, but I'm it just, it's not a very compelling argument. Um, and though I think he offers a lot of insight, I do think that you're just going to run into all kinds of problems at the core essence of what um, the Islam faith is. Now, let me close with this. While from a purely, we're talking and trying to answer a question, I think the, one of the better questions to ask here is how do we talk to our Muslim brothers and sisters who, by the way, are created in the image of God? If our conversations from people of those of other faiths are purely motivated by um, we want to convert you and get you out of your um, false belief and into my right belief, if that's our posture, um, I don't think we're going to, A, find any success or very little success, and B, I don't think we do a very good job of honoring that person and the reality of, of um, the culture and religion they grew up in. Interfaith conversations are all about how we posture ourselves. And so coming from a place to seek to understand, to seek to learn, to seek to model the love of Christ, to share what for us is compelling about what we believe versus what's wrong with what they believe. Uh, I have these, these really kind uh, girls who are at the Mormon, um, they call it a church, temple, synagogue, I forget, who um, are always knocking on my door. And I always try to talk to them and just listen and ask questions. And there's this part of me that's arrogant and um, I think I have to fight against my pride because what I want to do is dunk on them and, you know, run circles around them with my you know, theological training and point out where they're wrong. But I really don't I genuinely do not believe that that's an effective way um, to love my neighbor. I really don't. And I don't think it's effective effective way to convert someone, especially in a post-Christian culture or a post-modern 
um, way of thinking about the world. I think there are better ways to be in dialogue. So hopefully we wrestled with this question, asked some questions. Let's continue to dialogue about this. Until next time, this was a mini pod. Uh, we got more coming. Send in your questions, better questions at eastminster.org. Grace and peace. <laughs>